Yes, folks, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific. Almost screwed it up there. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... I'm here with my co-host Ray Pillar, Elizabeth Denham, and our special woman explaining co-host Carolyn Thurston, everybody's favorite. So, folks, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you, Great. Fred? <laughs> oh, I was scared there. No one could hear me for a second. Like, oh no, not again. That that would be bad. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, give us some time, Fred. You know. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. What can I say? So, um, today is, is actually a, a kind of a history-making day for us, um, which I think it's actually almost perfect that Carolyn's here because Carolyn was with us, if you remember, Ray, that first time we ever used Zoom in the background for, I think it was the first quarter of last year's Women in Franchising show where we had great... Yeah great female guests and I woke up in a cold sweat the morning, the, the night before going, oh my God, how am I gonna do this? So the fact that she's on today means it's good because today we are going out to six or seven new new Facebook pages, a new Facebook gr group. We're going out to another YouTube channel. We're actually going out to uh, Molly Maid Aurora Naperville's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Fred's on the ball. Two new, uh, Two new, or two Twitter accounts. Wow, already got people popping in on Instagram. That surprises me. So, now that I'll quit talking for a bit, yeah. Um, how are we all doing, folks? I know, I'm sorry. I'm talking fast. <laughs> Let's start with that question. Where are we today? We are in, when I say we, I mean the collective we, me. <laughs> I'm in Aurora, my uh, in my home, and uh, I thought today I'd go from one extreme to the other. So, the uh, Techmonton Falls are in the upper part of the UP in uh, Michigan, and of course Mexico, Mexico is way south. So right now it is 84 degrees and it's muggy out here in Aurora, Illinois, and. Elizabeth, how's things going with you? We are almost the exact same. We're 84 and muggy and hot mm. and damp everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, skip, we skipped right from spring to summer pretty quickly, so I'm, I'm not overjoyed at this heat this early in the year. <laughs> what about you, Carolyn? Wow, I'm in North Carolina, and we're the same, muggy, hot, <laughs> so it seems like all, yeah, so, um, but overall, sunshine every now and then, but all is well. Fantastic. Fred, what about you? Well, it's, it's now called, we're in the June gloom, Central uh, Coast, so actually, it's only in the, really, the Pismo area right along the ocean where you come through the little mountain pass and uh, you're in bright sunny sunshine you come through the mountain pass and it's all of a sudden fog and low-lying cloud we call it ray weather <laughs> <laughs> it's actual weather <laughs> you rarely have <laughs> it's for what they call weather here i mean you know we know what weather's like, but for here, it, it's there, but it, it's Ray weather out, but it's still, you know, perfect hoodie weather, so I'm not sweating like Elizabeth is. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are a little sweaty yeah. these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not fun. So, who we got as a guest today? Well, I will bring him on, and Ray, you want to do an intro? I'd be happy to. Great. So as soon as I hit, see his picture, there, there, he is. there we go. Hi, Jeff. I'd like to welcome Jeff Beavis, and he is the co-founder and CEO of First Light Home Care. And the other co-founder, is that your son? 
It is. All right. Welcome to the show. How's the weather? Where are you at and how's the weather? <laughs> We're in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, the weather is actually pretty nice. Um, high 70s, sunny. Nice. We're, we're going to send some doom and gloom over your way a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. You don't have to share. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want any part of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's muggy here. It's terrible. And it, it seems like we just got rid of the cold, and all of a sudden now we've got the hot and humid. It's crazy. So, Jeff, tell us. A little bit. You are the, uh, this is a new franchise. You've been in franchising for a long time. And you started, you and your son started this franchise, which is great. You keep it in the family. And tell us a little bit more about uh, First Light Home Care. Sure. Well, um, yes, as you mentioned, I've been in franchising for over 30 years myself. <clears throat> uh, six different brands, five different industries. Um, and always looked at ways that brands could have improved or kind of made critical decisions, sometimes good, sometimes not so good, and uh, had the opportunity just right at uh, 10 years ago now to start First Light Home Care from scratch with my son. I had always wanted to be in business with him. We thought really, given my franchising background, that we would be franchisees, quite honestly, but mm -hmm. um, had been in the home care industry previously and had led another brand there, uh, was very successful, felt that uh, there was still an opportunity to bring kind of a new day, a new dawn, a new approach to the industry. And uh, just kind of the stars aligned in late 2009 to, to start First Light Home Care. We did that uh, in hindsight, in a very risky fashion. Uh, we have no corporate operations at all. We were just so convinced that we knew franchising and knew the home care model and had a different idea, a different approach. So after going heads down for about six months internally to build out the infrastructure and all the supplier, provider, partner, and operating systems, uh, started franchising in June of 2010. Wow, well, congratulations. That's Thanks. quite an effort. There's a lot of work in the background. A lot of people don't realize the franchise org has a lot of things to do before they can even kick anything off. All right. So Elizabeth, you got it. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to follow up on that a little bit, going from working in the franchise industry and help franchises grow or change course or do what they need to do to be possible. What is the difference that you have found being in the position of franchisor and founder and not working with something that was already in existence? I mean, that's got to be a big, a big difference in your career path. It is. It is. It's, uh, I think the best way to put it would be the buck starts and stops here now. Mm -hmm. um, previously, uh, although I was executive vice president, kind of the number two guy at a couple other brands, um, it didn't really stop with, with me. Now, here, um, ultimately, all of the decisions rest with us. We certainly have a great team and, and uh, have shared responsibilities across that team. But yeah, I think the biggest difference, Elizabeth, has been everything really starts and stops here. Um, and we're always encouraging, of course, ideas from the field and the, the franchisees. I've always done that in my career. But uh, mm -hmm. this, this is the biggest difference is that we really want to be able to, um, to start something or really want to resolve something. Uh, it ends up here. So the weight of responsibility is a completely different experience, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Is that something that you find challenging or do you thrive on it? You know, I, I think I probably thrive on it, as crazy as that, that may sound. Um, <laughs> I've always been a bit of a, a kind of a, a change focused type of person. I, I, I like to enable change and certainly positive change or to recover from negative change. Um, so I like the strategy. I like making the decisions. Um, it has its ups and downs, but ultimately, yeah, I, I really thrive on that. That's great. That's, you're doing the right thing then, right? <laughs> I think so. You're on the right path. I'm Carolyn, the right what do you have done? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so I would like to ask, I always think it's great when families can work together and mm -hmm. um, how is it or how has that working relationship been since you and your son are co-founders, right? You went into this together at the beginning. Can you just give us an idea of how that is um, working, how it's initiated? Sure, sure. I think um, it has definitely evolved too now over almost 10 years as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the initial stages, I'm not sure he really realized how hard we would have to work. Um, you know, having been through uh, franchising in different different um, kind of scenarios and life cycles in the past, um, I had told him, "Look, we're going to work harder than we've ever worked in our lives." It's a lot of the same things we tell franchisees, right? So, um, I'm, I'm not sure he believed me, first of all, but I do think probably eight, nine, 12 months in, he realized, boy, this, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Um, I think it has been extremely gratifying for, for both of us. It's everything we thought it would be, dreamed it would be, and, and actually more. Um, it's brought us, I think, closer together as, as father-son, which has been very, very cool too. Um, I think at times, uh, as he's even said, hey, I kind of want my dad back <laughs> because he kiddingly calls me FOSS, F-O-S-S, uh, sometimes in different meetings, which is a cross, he says, between father and boss. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and we, we laugh about that, but we also have tried to kind of make sure we maintain the family side of things and not just have business always going, whether we're here in the office or at home. Yeah, so you got to be able to plan. shut that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. I think that's really hard and for some because you guys are building you're more than just like a small mom and pop right and so right. I think what you're saying there about how you're how um, he sees you as the boss or how you know people have to be able to recognize that so thank you for bringing that point out um, as well. It's it's really great to have family in the business uh, as I mentioned a little bit before the show started uh, my daughter-in-law uh, is in the business as well and uh, she started a couple of years ago and my my son my other son uh, not married to my daughter-in-law my other son <laughs> is uh, our accountant and uh, it, it is so gratifying as an owner of a business to be able to bring that something to the family that they can carry you know they can rely on you know going forward that's it's, it's, it's a good feeling inside us, which I'm sure Jeff can, can attest to. But I'm curious, Jeff, the, the, the name, First Light, can you give us a little indication of how that came about? Absolutely. And, and we get that question a lot, especially from franchisees. Uh, a quick side story, uh, and, and my son is 37, Devin, the co-founder, and he has a very unique sense of humor. His usual quick answer is, well, we, we tried uh, last darkness, but it was already taken, um, which, which is which is not not true. But um, what we did was we actually uh, the quick story here. We thought we had this nailed. Devin and I and my board of directors, um, five of us, sat down. We had a list of like ten or twelve names. We thought one of these has to be strong, has to work. We went through copyright, trademark types of searches. Pretty soon we went from 12 to zero. So where either the names were taken, partial taken, they were too, too, too broad. So then we thought, okay, maybe this is not as easy as we thought it was. Um, we went to our ad agency at the time because we, we had an ad agency that we contracted with in the early going to create all of our, all of our brand standards. They took us through a six week strategic thinking process. We met three times a week for six weeks and they ask us things like, so, you know, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to stand for? What do you want to your brand or your mark to connote in the marketplace to consumers, to families, to clients, to employees? And we always said, want to be like a new day, a new dawn, new level of care to the industry. Um, and so at the end of the six weeks, we had uh, this unveiling. They had three brand marks, three logos, and three names, and just wanted us to really pick and match the two that we liked. 
And uh, we talked about this now. I still need to go back to the files because we can't even remember the other, the other two <laughs> names or brands. It was like as soon as we saw the leaf and the sun, mm -hmm. that's it. That's exactly what we were looking for. And as soon as we saw the first light name, that was the right, the right, right match. So um, we've got a little bit of a, of a faith-based uh, foundation there as, as well. Mm -hmm. um, that we're very, very proud of, but, uh, that's our, that's our story. It's not real sexy. It's not real, you know, flashy, <laughs> but, uh, and it took us a heck of a lot longer. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. I like it, you it. know, that, that kind of is always harder than you think it's going to be because you have to identify yourself in three words <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's hard right. to, to drill that down. But I, I think that process helped a lot in identifying who you are and you can articulate it in a sentence or a few words and, and then the brand evolves from that. I think it's, you know, some people don't take the time to do that. They just slap something up there, but yours comes from your core values, it sounds like. Which is Very cool. true. That's exactly right. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, what, tell us about First Light Home Care. What makes you different? What are your core values? Um, and and what, are you, what are your goals in terms of service? Sure. So um, there's quite a few things that set us apart, quite honestly. We, we from the, very beginning said we want to be different in our approach and that's not saying that you know the home care industry is a, is a bad industry it's obviously not it, it as an industry we, we provide great service and make a real difference in people's lives every, every day but um, we feel that the industry lacks service standards and lacks accountability <clears throat> so from day one we said we're going to set ourselves apart by measuring client satisfaction in every office, every quarter, we're also going to measure caregiver retention, caregiver turnover. Um, and that's something that in our industry, Carolyn knows this well, um, you know, caregiver turnover is, is a real challenge. It, it's, it runs an average of 80% right now in the industry annually. Um, and we feel that that is a direct correlation to client satisfaction, why most brands don't measure client satisfaction because their caregiver turnover is so high, they know the clients are not happy. So points of differentiation for us, Elizabeth, have been from day one, the client satisfaction measurement. Um, we can tell at any given time, for instance, right now, here to date, at least through the first quarter, uh, we were at 96.1 client satisfaction as an entire system. We know what that is in every office, every quarter. Uh, the franchisees believe in it and see the, the difference it makes. Because the client satisfaction is so high, it's really a product of our caregiver turnover runs about 22% as opposed to the industry at 80%. So then that correlates to saves our franchisees money and their recruiting and employment costs. Our technology platform sets us apart, quite honestly. Uh, our approach to state licensure from day one was we were, we were always going to help franchise candidates in their initial state licensure acquisition and also in renewals. And although that has become more of an accepted practice now in the industry, thankfully, that was not the practice 10, 10 years ago. A lot of times mm -hmm. brands just kind of farmed it out and said, you know, you need to go find your license with a consultant at $10,000 and then come back. Um, so that's, those have been the more tangible differences, quite honestly. Um, our culture of care is a little more intangible, but we pride ourselves on that in the way we uh, commit ourselves to our caregivers what we call the care, caregiver bond, uh, being the most important members of the team. We have a little little 11 steps of service excellence and caregiver bond pocket card that we each carry around and we encourage the franchise owners to carry those and to give those to each of their employees. That really helps build that loyalty and appreciation. And quite honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I think why our caregiver turnover numbers are so low as well. Taking care of that culture. I think yeah. that's critically important. Um, we need to take a quick commercial break. Um, and then when we come back, Carolyn, you're up. All right. Yeah, would help if Fred's in the correct microphone, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank Feedspot for ranking us in their top 20 uh, podcast you must follow in 2020. Uh, go to feedspot.com to learn more, or you can just go to pillarsoffranchising.com and learn a whole lot more. Uh, reminder, Tuesday, 7.30 a.m. Pacific, which is 8.30 a.m. Mountain, 9.30 a.m. 
Central, 10.30 a.m. Eastern is virtual caffeinated connection. So go to caffeinatedconnections.com to learn more, but come join us for coffee. We'll have a good time. And now, the first real commercial. Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. Take it away, Elizabeth, or I should say Carolyn. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Jeff, about your um your what makes your company different and I think it helps a lot of of people who right now are searching and they're trying to understand like what's their next move you know so if they're looking at franchising or um, first understanding what franchising is about and I don't know if you've run into a lot of people who they're they just don't even understand what franchising is but what but once people find that out, and let's say they've always wanted to get into um, the home care arena, you gave a good idea of what sets you apart, what, what you guys actually do. But what about your franchisees when potential? Are you, what would you say on the FDD is like the most important things for a person if they're already at that step that they should really look at? What items on there would you want to point out to people so absolutely uh and i i need to probably uh make a confession I, I i enjoy reading ftds as a hobby i know that's kind of a sick <laughs> sick hobby but um but so I, I could bore you for hours to answer your question caroline um but i, I would say to a candidate especially um item 19 20 21 so item 19 obviously in financial representations um, 20 and 21 helps you to see growth of the system as it relates to, you know, not only openings, but closings or transfers uh, by, by reason. Um, and then I'll just add a fourth, if I could, uh, would be item three, as in litigation. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that probably people, candidates especially, overlook um, the importance of a brand that has little or no litigation, because that's a good reflection on the franchise relationships. That's a good point there. Um, can I ask one other question along with that? With your, your emerging franchisor, and you guys have had some really fast growth as I was reading your bio, and um, what would you contribute that fast growth to? Staying true to our core, uh, first and foremost, um, meaning we're not trying to be all things to all people. You know, we don't do uh, skilled care. We don't do child care. We don't do medical staffing. We are purely non-medical in-home care. Um, 
And then also, I think staying true to our standards and process as it relates to franchise development. Um, we have some pretty stringent standards. Uh, we have a very defined process. From day one, we've said, you know, this is not a matter of whoever has the most money and can and wants the biggest territories or the most territories. Uh, the working capital is important, but we're very focused on what we call the power of why. We're big Simon Sinek fans, and um, you know the the power of why that each individual has, why they why they want to be in the home care industry. To to your point, why they uh, are looking at First Light, and maybe why they're looking at other other brands too. Um, and then we're also very proud of the fact that we take the approach of we're going to do whatever it takes to enable franchisee success. Um, so I think it's important that candidates look for franchise brands that have that level of commitment. And, you know, I'm not saying we're smarter than everybody else. Other, other brands do much the same thing, but uh, I think that's important for candidates to look for that type of an approach or that type of, uh, of information that backs up um, the individual brand itself, especially in the home care industry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, what do you look for in a potential candidate? How do you vet your candidates? Mm -hmm. And does First Light have a benevolent association with anything? Uh, well, let's see. From a, a screening of the candidates or really uh, requirements, Mm -hmm. of the candidates. Um, we look for um, background in managing people, communication skills, presentation skills, organizational skills. Less than 15% of our owners have any healthcare background at all. So mm -hmm. that's maybe a bit of a misnomer. A lot of people think you have to have a healthcare background. Not the case at all. If you can manage people well and have demonstrated that through a corporate America career uh, and then have good organizational skills, good communication, good presentation skills. Those are the things that are the most, most important to us. Um, when you ask about the benevolent um, cause, is that, is that what you're, you're right? Yeah. I, I know uh, a lot of people are looking for a franchise that has some connection with some benevolent cause. Uh, I was wondering if uh, First Life had something. We do. It, it's, it's really the Alzheimer walk for a cure. Okay. Um, that We've, we've always had um, a relationship with the Alzheimer's Association, mm -hmm. but we really have joined on a national level now the last four years, the Walk for a Cure uh, network and coordinated effort that enables us to really be able to uh, leverage each office across the country to go for a single common cause and single common, common goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's great. I wanted to delve a little bit more into um, a couple of things. You talk about doing uh, formalized dementia care training and services. Um, I think that's something that affects so many people, especially in the, the elder care industry. Um, when you say training, are you training other caregiver family members kind of about how to deal with that? Um, or are you talking more about your Workers, it seems like you're talking about helping the family members understand how to deal with it, something like that. Yeah, it, it's actually both. That's an excellent okay. point. So the specialized training we have is our own dementia care training process that, that our first light caregivers go through to provide uh, personalized dementia care different than what they would see with really any other, other brand that is patterned after Alzheimer's Association type of standards, but we tried to go a couple notches even uh, above that. So that way the family knows that when they get a caregiver who's been uh, dementia care certified with us, that caregiver really knows how to handle especially behavioral challenges, how not to, um, you know, aggravate the dementia care client. Because there, there are basic things you can do that you would think are common sense that actually make it worse. Mm -hmm. So, um, so on one hand, we were we're talking about training for our existing caregivers, but then we also do provide added guidance to the family and the family caregiver so that he or she can become better versed in what they may think is the right thing to do, but mm -hmm. in fact is making it worse as well. So it's really kind of a two-part two process. 
I think it, that my I, my grandmother had dementia. My mom, um, she she lived in a facility, but we would go visit her every day. And my mother did a lot of taking her out and about, and when, whenever mm-hmm. she was able to. Um, and it is there's a special way of communicating <laughs> that you have to learn over time. It probably would have helped us if we had had some guidance on that. Um, right. So with your home care, are people living in, or are they there during the day and leave at night? Great question. We provide care by the hour. Uh, typically, it has a two or three hour minimum, depending on different market in the country, all the way up to and including 24-7 care or live-in care. And those are, as you might imagine, those are two different types of approaches. But if it's 24-7, it's literally three caregivers each for an eight-hour shift around the clock. If it's live-in care, they're in the home, but there is, is uh, certified downtime where they're off the clock. They don't have to be watching or caring for the individual uh, client. Um, But the average client for us takes 19 hours of care per week. And our average caregiver works 24 hours per week. So Mm -hmm. the vast majority of the caregivers are part-timers. And many of those clients will start at an 8, 10, 15, 19 hour per week service level with us. And then over time, as they're either health conditions deteriorate or their needs increase, then we uh, increase the hours as well. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, you've got a question? I do. Um, With the COVID-19 that has now come upon the whole world and, you know, with uh, being in home care itself, could you just share with us, um, you have quite a few um, franchisees and what steps or actions did you have to take just to assure everyone was um, staying together, you know? And yes. um, you share any steps with us on that? Absolutely. And it's been uh, 24-7 around the clock, uh, as, as I'm sure you, you can appreciate too, Carolyn. Um, but the steps we took literally uh, March 17th, we created a task force cross-functional here across our our team uh, and started conducting daily all system calls. So we had um, every weekday, with the exception of Thursday, we had a national call. They were typically an hour to hour and a half in length, but we would let them go longer if the franchisees had questions. We had them divided into uh, legislative updates, financial updates, which included uh, paycheck protection program, or EIDL um, guidance across the board, uh, and then also clinical and PPE updates. So we were stockpiling PPE on behalf of the franchisees to give them an easier time to order PPE. We were also sourcing other outlets for masks and hand sanitizers and gowns and face shields so they could order direct if if they wanted to, but at a a bulk rate that we we were making the commitment to. Um, and then we were also, again, making sure that on the legislative side, not to become like a newscast, but we were devoting our efforts to monitoring everything through trade associations, through U.S. Chamber of Commerce, so that the franchisees didn't have to take their eye off the ball and take the time to really dig into that. Um, we were, we've continued to do those calls. And by the way, the Thursday, one week day that we didn't have the calls on national, we did regional calls. Um, so we gave them even more of a focus then on, we have five different operating regions today. Uh, so 30 to 50 owners in each of those regions would be in a smaller group setting. Um, and the national calls, we had almost hundred percent engagement. Um, about two weeks ago, we scaled that back to three days a week instead of four. We still have been maintaining the Thursday regional calls. Um, and the owners have actually asked us to continue to make, to continue to these daily calls on the weekdays, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and they've asked us to continue to do the regional calls. So even though we have um, come out of a COVID-19 dip uh, from a business standpoint, uh, we're just finding still very high franchisee engagement. And uh, it's almost in some ways kind of brought the system closer because as you mentioned, Carolyn, we're, I mean, we're, we're a larger system. We're growing uh, over 240 markets in the U.S. today. Um, and sometimes with growth, it becomes tougher to have that small system feel or that brand feel. 
And this is in some ways kind of brought us back to that. Uh, and I think the franchisees, uh, they've expressed their gratitude and how much we really dove in and, and tried to help them every step of the way. Thank you. One, one of the nice things about the home service industry, uh, the industry you're in and uh, home care, and in my case, uh, Molly made you know, home service industries, it's not necessarily recession proof, but recession resistant. So uh, I've been in business long enough to go through the, the recession that we've had, and now the COVID-19, and uh, I'm, I'm impressed, and, and the reason I want to bring this up is because potential uh, franchise owners uh, need to know that uh, for whatever reason, people still feel they need these, the, this service. Mm -hmm. They need their own thing. They need to have their seniors taken care of. So, you know, this is an important piece. Uh, and another thing I wanted to ask you, Jeff, is what does it take, what are you looking for, uh, for a potential owner to have in the way of financials? And what is the, what is the cost to get into your franchise? Sure. Well, our, our initial franchise fee, franchise fee is 49.5. Um, the additional working capital is 92 to 122,000 on top of the initial franchise fee. Um, so, so not a, you know, not a high cost, uh, high investment uh, mm -hmm. concept, obviously. Um, and, and we do, we are SBA approved. We're on the SBA registry. Um, we do have a minority discount. We have a veteran discount. Uh, so we really try to also have some flexibility to make sure we are giving every opportunity there. Mm -hmm. So over the course of your 39 years in franchising or in business. You can just um, say 30 plus, Elizabeth, if you want to. 30 plus, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally understand that concept. Um, I mean, you have a lot of different experience from, from working in the industry as, as a support team member in terms of helping with and, and all that, and then becoming a franchisor yourself. What kind of advice? do you give someone during a crisis like this um, to go forward and, 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 and find success? I mean, I know sometimes that's not always possible, but and I think that with experience comes wisdom and faith that things are going to get better. Um, so if you're looking at someone who's newer to franchising, what kind of advice would you say based on the history of your career? Wow. I would say a couple things. First of all, um, you cannot communicate too much. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a franchisor or franchisee, um, you're keeping that, that communication going both ways, back and forth, mutual, um, because, because again, you just, you can't over communicate. No, no questions, a bad question. Um, secondly, would be relying on, on the model and on the franchisor. If I was a franchisee, I, I'd want to make sure that I don't, don't necessarily have to think that the franchisor has all the questions, but gosh, I'm part of this system and I'm expecting them to step up in a time of crisis and show leadership and show examples and show a path uh, to actually follow. So um, I think to your point too, there is, a, there is an element of kind of positive thinking and looking for the, 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 the way forward. Um, it'd be easy to think, you know, gosh, the sky's falling and we're going to lose all of our clients and caregivers aren't going to want to come to work for us. But, uh, you know, as Fred mentioned before, it's, this is a very, this is a recession resistant industry in the home care world. Absolutely. Um, and caring for an aging parent or loved one is not a service that you can drop um, right. because somebody still has to care for that, that aging, aging parent or aging loved one. So um, I think a franchisee, in any industry has to rely on their franchisor as much as possible and then look for ways uh, to be successful, even in a pandemic or a time of crisis. I think that's great advice. And I think the, the strong systems are doing just that. They're showing that leadership, they're communicating continually. Um, so I think that's, that's admirable that you've been that involved and hands-on and helping people through this. Um, we're gonna take another quick commercial break. And when we come back, Carolyn, you'll be up again.
I want to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Remind everyone that they can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. Or you can chat live at Pillars of Franchising. I can see all you folks hanging out there. So give a shout. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The franchise consulting company is a group of over a hundred franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. Thanks, Nick. And as a reminder, last time uh, Nick was on the show, he upped the, um, he upped the booty there, or the treasure. <laughs> Not only do you get a copy, a free copy of the Franchise MBA, great book, but you also get a free set of virtual reality gear. Ooh. Take it away, Elizabeth. <laughs> I should say, Carolyn. Confusing. <laughs> okay, thank you. So um, I wanted to ask you about um, sources that you use or your best sources for support and mentoring. Well, I think it's been a combination, Carolyn, of industry sources, uh, as in the Home Care Association of America, the IFA, certainly International Franchise Association, has been a great source of, uh, of mentoring and guidance to me personally and to us as a brand and as a, as a company. Um, I do enjoy the mentoring aspect of this now too within the HCAOA, the, the Home Care Association of America, in helping new emerging franchise brands or just independents uh, because again I think you know again we haven't we haven't made all the right decisions but we've, we've made quite a few and we've been faced with probably virtually every challenge everybody else would, would have been faced with early on as well and we've got the scars to prove it so maybe we can help them avoid you know a little bit of the of the errors that we may, may have made and, and reduce some of that trial and error overall. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So Jeff, you've been in franchising uh, for about nine years now, right? Is that correct? Um, as First Light Home Care? Yes. Yes, sir. Almost 10. So how many uh, units do you have? What states are you located in? And, and what is your dreams for expansion look like? Well, we have uh, 244 markets, 36 states wow. today. We just opened Canada, in fact, last week. Mm. Um, so if you ever want a challenge, open a new country in a pandemic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for something to do. Um, but uh, no, in all, in all seriousness, they, that was obviously months in, in, in the works. And to their credit, they, they've done a great, great job up there. Um, you know, in the U.S., based on our size of territories, which are 250,000 people, and we have five different demographic filters to, to further qualify each territory, we see a total of about 660 territories in the U.S. So we have quite a bit of growth ahead and we're not even halfway there yet across the U.S. as far as markets. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we fully expect to have over 600 territories eventually. But again, it's really a focus on finding the right people as franchisees. We don't, you know, we don't take a target market approach geographically. It's really about targeting the right and having the right, right person. Mm -hmm. um, we do also see 28 other countries beyond Canada that have the right healthcare structure, legal structure, franchise structure, um, financial system, governmental systems in place uh, for first light home care success in those countries as well. So we've, we do see quite a bit of international growth and from a unit standpoint, you know, we'll have more units internationally at a full build out than we, we will in the US, but that's uh, probably in a 10, 12, 15 year time frame. Mm. Wow. So to expound upon looking for the right franchisee, um, one of the things that struck me in your bio is that you say you're passionate about serving others and you see franchise as a way to, to do that and help people realize their 
entrepreneurial dreams. Um, what, what makes you passionate about that? And what do you look for in terms of that quality in a potential franchisee other than the financials and that kind of thing? You say they don't have to have home care experience. Where does the passion need to lie for them to be successful in your system? Sure. Um, well, and I, I do have passion in serving others. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't try to say that lightly. I think that's, that's, that's almost a calling from my standpoint in mm -hmm. having a combination of serving uh, seniors and aging population and the disabled population in a franchise model to me is the best, best of both, both worlds. Um, and as far as the candidate, Elizabeth, yeah, we're really looking for people who, who believe in servant leadership mm -hmm. and want to serve their community, want to serve others, um, <clears throat> are inspired by helping people get jobs, keep jobs, professional development of their staff, of their employees. And also, from our standpoint, I think just helping franchise owners realize their dreams in uh, business success, and in some cases, you know, multiple business success across the entire city or across the entire state. So, um, I just I love franchising in that you can you can help someone achieve their dreams in one office, one market, one location, if that's what they dream, or another franchisee may dream to own an entire city and want, you know, five, six, seven, ten offices. Um, I, I think there's, there's no greater sector uh, in the U.S. today that, that enables us to really serve others that way. Great, great answer. I really en enjoy it when you see people, it's contagious, you know, that kind of passion, I think. And I think when you are a servant leader, that kind of attitude can be contagious as well you can you know pull people along who might be headed in that direction yeah so exactly. i think being able to articulate those things is, is so important for people who may be watching to uh decide if they want to give you a call great um carolyn you got um one last question and then the ray will let you do your final one and then we'll do the down the rabbit hole okay so let me ask you, Jeff, um, as you're growing and you've grown, your organization is growing so fast, I'm sh I know you've had to overcome um, something. Is there any one major challenge that you would want to share with, with all business owners to just kind of encourage them as well? What would that be? Yeah, I would say it's, I have kind of a two-part answer, Carolyn. So one is, um, uh, don't hold back. Uh, you have to believe in in yourself, believe in your dream, believe in your goals, uh, and don't don't take no for an answer. Um, I think first and foremost, it's got to start with with you. If you're, you're if you're a a franchisor founder or a franchisee founder, um, <clears throat> no one else is going to be your your biggest fan. It has to start with with you first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of my answer is managing growth. Um, you need to be prepared to to manage growth well. I think that was one of our biggest challenges that I, quite honestly, in the early going, didn't manage as well as I probably should have. Uh, I think I um, could have hired a little bit faster uh, in developing our, our talent of our team. We've got a great team today and, and have really for, for, for now almost 10 years. But I was a little hesitant in the early going, letting go myself of things like franchise development and, and overseeing ops. And, uh, you know, so there was a lesson there for me personally, but I think to give advice to other uh, new franchisors or franchisees, just coming to grips with that because you can certainly grow a lot faster uh, with, with, with and through others, so. Thank you. So Jeff, this sounds like a really exciting opportunity for someone. And I, I do want to emphasize that you know franchising is the way to go because not only do you get the branding that's behind it, but you do get the help. That's, uh, and and I know in the case of Molly Made, we we help each other both locally and across the nation. And uh, it, it's a fantastic way to do business because if you are stuck with anything, you can uh, simply ask somebody. So. If someone is interested in your opportunity, what is the best way they can get a hold of you? Best way would be to go to our website, either firstlighthomecare.com or firstlighthomecarefranchising.com. And all that information will be available on the Pillars of Franchising webpage 
Right, Fred? Yeah, as far as I know, Elizabeth and I both got it on there. So take that. Yeah, <laughs> it's on there. <laughs> so, Fred, are you going to ask the, the final, final question? Fred, oh. there you go. <laughs> Can't hear you, Fred. I hate that. So, are we ready to go down the rabbit hole? Wall? Sure. I love it. So, today's rabbit hole question. Recently, um, recently, the Navy uh, confer declassified and confirmed several pieces of uh, uh, gun sight uh, camera footage of UFOs and acknowledge that they had no clue what they were and no way to stop them. So, assuming that these UFO incidents were really the start of an alien invasion, then how will First Light help thwart the upcoming alien invasion? Absolutely. We would uh, step up. We're, we're ready to do it right now, today, Fred, in fact, if the invasion started tonight, we would step up and take care of all the aging parents to free up more of the soldiers to combat the aliens. <laughs> Fair enough answer. Fair Good enough. answer. <laughs> Sounds good. We're ready. <laughs> that makes us all happy. And on that note, will Elizabeth, you want to take us out? I will take us out. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. I think we learned a lot about your franchise system and about you. Um, so good luck with your expansion. Keep us informed. If you have any big news, we can always yeah. have you back on. But we appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. Billers, 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 of franchising. And as far as I can 